Hello, San Pedro Podcast, episode 48. You are listening to the Hello San Pedro Podcast. I'm Amanda, your host. Join me as I talk to amazing people within our community, business owners, community activists, local leaders, and people like you and me who love San Pedro. This is a place where we'll share big ideas, discuss hot topics, and spread good vibes. All right, guys, and we're back for another episode of Hello Samitra Podcast. You might notice that this one is coming out a little bit sooner than the last. Um, That's because we're going to be getting these to you a little bit more regularly. Um, Before we get into the episode, I want to go over some housekeeping stuff, um, which is, I believe, what they call it (laughs) in the podcast world. Um, So one thing first is I'm going to go ahead and get rid of the seasons. Um, season one, season two, not going to be a thing anymore. I'm just, I, you might've noticed already that I renamed some of the episodes so that I got rid of the seasons. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for a season two, there isn't one now, I believe they're episode 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, and 46. Um, and next you can expect the weekly podcast to come out on Fridays. That's going to be the regular show. I plan to have a guest with every single episode, Um, but for the time being, Josh and I are actually going to be giving you weekly updates as well. So you can expect those episodes to come out on Wednesday, or at least that's the goal. Um, we're going to give you weekly stats. I mean, as, as long as this thing is going on, you know, coronavirus, um, is, is new and developing every single day. So we want to continue to keep you guys updated. Um, so I'm going to actually go ahead and bring in Josh so that we can go over it. How are you, Josh? I'm okay, all things considered. You know, towns feel town feels like it's still shut down. It's uh, still a strange time um, that we're dealing with, and so I'm glad that we have this uh, weekly now weekly show where we can at least talk about what's been going on in San Pedro, uh, update um, the community on some of the stats that have been uh, released as currently as we can. Um, and just to uh, educate and inform, that's the whole point, really, of, of us doing this on a weekly basis. Because there are people out there who, you know, would like to get this info through different med- through different ways. And this podcast could be a great resource for that. So that's what I'm hoping. I agree. I think um, it's definitely something that the community needs. I personally, like, if I were just a listener, I would want to hear from this, you know, about my community. I would want to know what's going on. Um, so I guess we can just get right into it. Do you have any local stats for us? Uh, yeah, I, I hate talking about these as, as numbers because all these numbers represent people and individuals and families. Mm-hmm. And uh, to just put a number on this stuff sounds uh, so impersonal. But that said, um, as of yesterday, which was April 6th, which was Monday, uh, San Pedro uh, has reported 31 cases of uh, coronavirus in town. Um, don't since, know, yeah. Sorry. Since we recorded last week, which was, I believe we recorded on Thursday. Oh, that's right. That yeah. number doubled, because I believe in the last episode, you said there were 16 cases. Correct. We were at 16 cases last week when we recorded this, and as I said before you now, we were at 31. Uh, the stats for today have not been released, so I do not know if that number will go up. I It most assuredly will, eventually, with um, the aggressiveness in testing, and people finding out and just the natural swing of this virus, it, it seems to keep crawling up and up and up everywhere, mm-hmm. especially here in LA County. We're experiencing a bit of a, 
a surge, if you will, in numbers. Um, there's a report that came out in the LA Times today about our uh, California, uh, Southern California, Los Angeles County in particular, outpacing what the Bay Area had um, as far as uh, cases go, which is, you know, it's not really necessarily good news to hear that. But at the same time, we are testing more and we are finding out more information. So a lot of that has to deal with, a lot of those numbers have to do with just we're getting more information and we're getting more tests done and people are finding out. So those numbers are going to continue to rise as the information and the data comes in. Right. So it's not necessarily something to be alarmed with. It's something that I think most people were expecting. But, you know, all things considered, it's 31 cases, it's 31 individuals. Um, but in the scheme of things, those numbers are lower when you look at you know, other places in, in the country, especially New York City and um, Louisiana, Chicago. I mean, all these other cities that are really hitting it um, are getting hit pretty bad. So, you know, L.A. County, uh, by and large, um, we are still seeing a rise in cases. But, you know, the, the, the silver lining in it, I suppose, is that like in the L.A. Times, uh, in the LA Times story today, um, some of the predictions, the more dire predictions, have might, may never come to fruition here, which is a good thing. Uh, we're seeing an example of that with our Governor Newsom uh, loaning 500 ventilators to New York City because they desperately need them right now while we do not need those 500 ventilators right now. Right. So things like that, you know, while the numbers are going to continue to rise, it doesn't necessarily mean we're, you know, in a, a, a huge crisis um, per se in relation to other cities and stuff. So, but we are still in a crisis. This is still not to, not to downplay, downplay anything. Right. This is still something we have to be aware of. We have to stay at home. We have to follow the rules. We have to be proactive in how we talk to people and, and uh, you know, social distancing, all that stuff is still vitally important and needs to be done. We are not out of this by far yet. It's, so it sounds like though, that it's not as bad as we expected. And that's because people are listening for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair thing to say at this point. I mean, who knows what could happen next week? That's why we want to do this on a weekly basis because right. we don't know what can happen by next week. Yeah, Like we just said, the numbers doubled from 16 to 31. Who the heck knows what they'll be like next week when we do this. So That's true. Let's I mean, hope that it's smaller. but The fact know. that they doubled in less than a week is a little concerning. And, um, and we just don't want to see that trend continue. So stay at home, everybody. <laughs> stay at home. Listen to this podcast. Listen to other podcasts. Yeah. You know, just, uh, yeah, just stay home as much as you can, especially this week, because this week, uh, LA County and the mayor, they wanted this week, um, they specifically targeted this week for all of us to not grow grocery shopping, to not uh, do any type of extended, um, time outside of the house right. because this is the uh, week where we could see a huge surge in cases happen. Right. But if people stay at home and if people, you know, um, by and large do not uh, participate in, you know, in public and, you know, try not to be close to people, we could keep this thing, sp the spread very small. And that's, you know, that's, that's what we need to do. That's the goal with all of this. Totally. So. Yeah. I think we can do it. I think it's I know challenge. we can. I really do. I, I really do think, especially here in San Pedro. I mean, I kind of went on a tear in the last episode because I was seeing way too many senior citizens still shopping right. and driving and going about their daily business in town. And it was really upsetting to me that there some of these people were still not getting the um, the message or 
they do not have the resources or somebody to help them right. go shopping mm-hmm. and do those do that thing. They're they're still fending for themselves, which is you know, and I understand that that's the case as well. But it's it's tough, you know, it's really tough. Mm-hmm. So, um, did you? I, and this is just a quick interjection. Yeah. Absolutely not newsworthy, but I um, I saw this post like on Facebook that was like, if we just called it the stay at home challenge, we would all be at home. <laughs> And that's true. Let's call it a challenge. Let's call this a challenge. Stay at home challenge this week. Um, and for the foreseeable future, it's just the best thing to do right now. Yeah. It's, you know, just follow the rules. It sucks. We know this. We're all in this together. That's the thing. There's nobody who isn't dealing with this right now. We're all in this together. And, you know, you got to take the precautions and do the necessary work because the more we do it, the quicker this thing goes away. Yeah. The quicker we can get back to life as we know it. Yeah. Whatever that means at this point. But that's the quickest way we can get to the, you know, the end of this. And right. So, yeah. Anywho, I can go off on a rant. I could do an hour on that. But let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any um, numbers for other communities in the area? Yeah. Um, so we have 31 cases in San Pedro as of today, which is April 7th. Um uh, we have 25 cases in Palos Verdes Estates, 33 cases in Rancho Palos Verdes, uh, 20 in Wilmington, uh, Lomita has 11, and Harbor City has 20. Those, I just reached out to some of the, or I looked at the information from our neighboring communities as well, just so people can get a kind of a look and feel what's going on. I mean, if you add those together, it's you know it's less than 200 cases. It's I mean, it's a little over 100, 130 maybe cases, um, 130 something. Uh, in the south, in our version of South Bay, which is you know San Pedro, RPV, PV, Lamita, Wilmington, Harper City, mm-hmm. that surrounding area. So, you know, by and large, you know those are those are decent numbers in the scheme of things. But like I said earlier, every one of those people that's reported is a person who's could be a mother, a father, a brother, or a sister, or somebody suffering from this. And I don't like to. Um, just leave it as a number because those numbers have faces. So absolutely. Absolutely. I'm really glad that you emphasize that. Um, these are friends and family. These are our kids, friends and family. I mean, these are people that we know we love our neighbors. Um, a lot of local healthcare workers are working, um, in, in places where they don't feel safe right now. That's how it feels. It feels kind of like a war zone. My husband works in a hospital and he is super, stressed that you know he he might accidentally touch something that might bring something home and it's a little stressful it really is um but i know that we'll get through this and we just need to hang tight in there one thing that has actually changed since our last episode is that um in fact maybe the day we recorded the episode uh the mayor had basically said all of us are now like not required but um he asked that all of us wear masks in public correct um, how do you feel about those masks? You know, I ordered some. They haven't arrived yet. Uh, I ordered a, f- a few last week. Uh, it's what you got to do. I have no problem with it. I yeah. mean, it's just it's just sign, the sign of the times right now. I don't think it's going to be a, uh, I hope, it's not going to be a permanent thing. Right, right. But, you know, for a couple months, if we have to wear a mask out in public, yeah, so be it. It is what it is. It is what it is. I, I like them. First of all, I'm loving all the DIY masks. I love all the homemade <laughs> masks. In fact, I think I'm going to um, post a selfie of myself. And if you want to tag me in your beautiful homemade masks uh, with all your creativity, um, feel free. Uh, tag me at Hello SP Podcast. I'll put it on my story. 
Um, I, I do love the creativity that's out there. And I really hope that people are making, you know, people who are, have a sewing machine and sewing DIY masks for their friends and neighbors, maybe they're bringing in some money that is helping with this, um, you know, economic downfall, if you will. Um, the other thought I had about masks, have you seen Watchmen? (laughs) Yes. On HBO. Yes. So it's a little crazy because I, I just had this like Watchmen vibe too, because you can't really see anyone smile People's identities are hidden. Right. It's a little weird. It's like almost scary. It has like this eerie feel to it. And um, I just want to put out there like we're not wearing masks to protect ourselves. We are wearing masks to protect each other. Correct. When I put on a mask, I am not doing this because I'm afraid of getting something from you or from my neighbor or for someone else. I'm wearing a mask because in case I have the virus, I am shielding you from it. Correct. So I just want to remind everybody that this is like the the neighborly thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's not protecting yourself from others. It's protecting each other. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like our actions are, are protecting each other. Right. You know, we're, that's, that's the thing we all have to be aware of when we're, you know, practicing all of these social distancing and staying at home and wearing masks. It, it sounds like a lot, but at the same time, it's for the common good. And once you put it in per, into perspective like that, I I would hope the majority of people will accept it and just go with the flow until this thing passes through, which it will. It, it will. It will. This is temporary. That's another thing I want to uh, reiterate. This is temporary. It is. Um, this cannot last that long, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, God forbid if it does. I mean, I hope, you know, I hope I'm right that uh it's temporary but you know ugh, I hope it's so too. stressful I, I feel my I feel, I feel my anxiety I in this conversation too. right now I, I do I feel it in my shoulders I can feel it like in the back of my neck I just feel like oh like it's so tense because we're talking about something very serious um but let's just all picture us on the beach in <laughs> August maybe July who knows who knows who knows if we really stick with this I mean we might be on the beaches this summer so yeah and that's the goal, you know. That would be great. We we you know, hopefully we have a heck of a Fourth of July celebration. Oh my gosh! You know that would be amazing. That would be great. But you know we gotta gotta be good. Exactly. Um, I think that's a good time for a break, and then after the break, we're gonna bring in a guest. Yep. Cool. All right. This episode was brought to you by San Pedro Today, your local community magazine, bringing you stories from San Pedro. Uh, so our first guest uh, today is uh, Shannon Ross. She's a community advocate here in San Pedro, and she's been wonderful. She uh, spearheaded on face gr- uh, Facebook this uh, group um, that she put together really quick uh, dealing with the uh, coronavirus and make basically creating a resource center for um, social media and online, and it's been a real success. So hi, Shannon. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, I'm no glad problem. to be here. <laughs> no problem. So let, before we get started, how are you doing? How how is uh, how have you been adjusting to this craziness? You know, it's it's um it's kind of surreal actually, just kind of watching everything that's happening and and adjusting my life to a different um, environment and the and the new regulations and rules that are kind of be being set in place. But other than that, I mean, I'm doing pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) 
Can I ask, uh, what's your new daily routine look like? Well, you know, I started this Facebook group and it's almost like a full-time job actually (laughs) currently. Mm -hmm. So um, I still do a lot of the work that I was doing previously just online. And then I get up and I check and I'm sharing you know, um, press conferences and information, email updates that I may have gotten in the morning. People contact me and ask me questions. I try to find out the answers for them. So I'm kind of getting up and like my regular routine and just working on different things that are in front of me. Of course, I have my son at home. Um, he's 12 years old and, you know, it, homeschooling is, is a whole nother beast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I can only imagine. How's that going? Yeah. How's your son adapting to this? Um, you know, he misses his friends, yeah. but you know, we're going to, we're, we are going to get through this like everybody. And, and hopefully sooner than later, we'll all be back to normal and he'll be back with his friends at school. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully sooner than later. What's the, um, before yeah. we get started, what's the official name of the Facebook group? I keep, it's, Pedro, can you? Sure. Yeah. It's, it's um, um, Pedro Updates Resources uh, COVID-19. So people can search that on Facebook and find it and join it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you yeah. repeat it one more time? Uh, sure. It's Pedro Updates and Resources slash COVID slash 19. Got it. I'll go ahead and um, link it to the, the show notes too. Okay, great. So if you're listening, you can just Thank go to you. the show notes and yeah, find it right Where away. Where are the show notes at? Uh, show notes are going to be at, um, well, wherever you're listening. Oh, it'll be in the description. Oh, <laughs> yeah, gotcha. It'll be in the description okay. and then you can click on the link there. So gotcha. Mm-hmm. Cool. Perfect. So let's talk about the uh, Facebook group. So what's, what, what spurred you to put it on? Well, I serve, um, on my neighborhood council as the outreach chair and I had been having a lot of communication with the county supervisor's office and some back and forth with our, uh, elected officials and whatnot about, the best way to disseminate information and so much information was coming in quickly and everything was changing rapidly. And I just had some nudge from some community members and decided that a Facebook group might be the best way for people to come and access lots of information, live updates and um, verified information, which is important because one of the things that I've seen is, People are posting things that aren't verified or maybe, you know, um, giving medical advice when they really shouldn't be. And so I wanted people to have a safe place where they can go and get verified information. And that's pretty much what has been created. So it's, it's been, you know, it's grown significantly. We have, I think, close to 4,200 members um, at the moment. You, You know, we started, I started the page two weeks ago. And we've had over 150,000 posts and engagement wow. between community members. That's a lot. So, That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't realize, you know, when I created the group, how much, like I said, work was I was going to be putting into it. But I'm happy that there's a spot where people can get information. And I feel like when you have information, you're less panicked, maybe. It's easier to understand or... Right. Um, you know, know how to handle a situation. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. Like knowledge is power with this, uh, when it comes to this virus, you know, and, and that's the big unknown for a lot of people, especially when this first struck, like last week when we recorded this first episode, um, we were talking about the confusion 
um, that a lot of people have in the community, what's open, what's not, who's, you know, who can you go to, who's considered essential, who's not, you know, right. those types of, an those types of questions. And, and even in like in the latest issue of, of San Pedro today, the magazine, we kind of, we did a, sto uh, a list of, you know, essential jobs and, and what that means, but right. there are still people that don't necessarily know that, you know, you, if you need tools, you could go to like, a Home Depot, or if you need to fix something like sure. um, uh, hardware stores are considered essential. If your car breaks down, you can, you know, auto shops are considered essential. Um, right. Along with, you know, obviously the restaurants and um, like grocery pharmacies stores. and grocery stores and that type of stuff. But sure. your, sure. the group really helped um, uh, organize uh, all that information into one central hub and it, right. it's been a it's been a, a godsend really for a lot of people, especially myself using it. I get information from there. I share it on the magazine social networks as well, and just trying to get people informed. That's the I think by and large that is like the some of the if we have the opportunity and we have the outreach which we do you through right. this Facebook group, me through the magazine and our social media stuff. If we could just inform and educate and keep people right, you know, in the know. It just makes things that much better and easier, mm -hmm. quote unquote, with respect to all this to deal with. Um, sure. Sure. I agree. And so it's been, you know, successful, rapidly successful, growing by the minute. And we have, you know, city entities sharing some of our Facebook posts and um, groups like yourself. And so we I also keep a spreadsheet with um local restaurants that deliver their right. information, their hours. So it helpful. includes, mm -hmm. yeah, it includes like, um, I added some tabs as time went on. I initially just wanted to support local restaurants. And then I realized, okay, even though we have this group, let's make it easier to find things. And then I added a tab for like grab and go lunches, all the different places that are offering grab and go lunches for kids in the area, right. you know, what hours those are. And then things like, okay, quick reference to contact unemployment, paid family leave, mm -hmm. you know, um, eviction moratorium information, things like that. So even though I, it's in the group and it's in the tab, it gives a quick reference on the spreadsheet. So that way people hadn't, um, you know, they could find the resources they needed quicker. And so I, I add things as they come in and try to keep it as updated as possible. Um, I've gone through a couple times and contacted each of the restaurants. Unfortunately, some of them had to temporarily close and, right. um, and, you know, add and remove as needed, but I definitely try to keep it updated, um, for others. And like I said, the key is providing verified information to people and it, you know, I, like I said, I see a lot of people sharing information that isn't accurate and, or untrue. And, that's when we start seeing panic and confusion mm -hmm. providing resources that are, you know, in fact <laughs> available or, you know, medical information that is provided by the CDC is all important part of, of, you know, providing updates to people. Yeah, no, it's amazing what you've done. I, I've, I've gone through that information myself and, and it's uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're right. It is a full-time job to put all this uh, info together. You're, you've right. been hearing from uh, the community, like you said, you've been getting messages from people and questions. What, um, just from your experience, just anecdotally, what, uh, are you hearing like the same question more so than others? What's been your experience as far as um, the community reaching out to you? What have you been answering? 
Well, a lot of people are asking about things like essential businesses. Of course, mm. that's a big question. Unemployment. Um, you know, a lot of people are, were unsure at first, was their job essential or not? You know, some of the descriptions were a little difficult right. to, um, you know, see and understand. Um, and so that's one of the issues um, that I heard a lot in the beginning. Now it's more like, you know, where can I pick up my lunch? Where <laughs> we have people that need food, you know, things like that. Um, you know, a lot of uh, low-income families. I'm, and I'm sorry at the if you can hear the sirens in the background, I have, I'm at my home and there's nowhere for me to go to, to kind of get away from that. My <laughs> we don't apologies. Hear it. We're good. We're good. Okay, good. Okay. So, um, you know, just, que- you know, questions like how do I apply for my unemployment and things like that. I mean, um, no- nothing, you know, super crazy or anything like that. People mostly just need, you know, they just need help. They need some guidance on where to get the information and not everybody is, um, you know, as informed. Right. And so just um, getting those details to them. Right. No, that's important. It's, it's really important. That's, that's the thing. It's just about informing, just informing people and giving right. them the, the information they need to use. So. Right, right. Oh, I was just going to say, um, yeah, it's it's been super informative. I've already referred to it many times. I think when I came across the Facebook group, I invited like my whole family and my husband and like a few of my friends because I didn't realize there was something out there like that. I think it found out about it a week ago. So thank you. Thank you so much for all the work uh, you put into it. Of course. And I'm really glad that you guys can join. And I know that we're going to be wrapping this up here in a second, but I would love to say that I'm putting together, uh, briefly, if it's okay, I'm putting yeah, together a tribute for essential workers. Um, so I'm gathering and collecting photos of people that work in our community who, you know, are first responders or, or, um, you know, store clerks, everybody who's currently, you know, working and going out there and, um, you know, helping us essentially stocking the store with goods or mm-hmm. longshoremen bringing goods in or, you know, the doctors and the nurses and all these people who are out there, restaurants. So if anybody wants to send me a photo, I would love to include them in our tribute. That's awesome. And I will, I I'll post that information on the magazine's uh, Facebook page as well. Hopefully people, um, you know, do that. that. That's a wonderful tribute to those who are on the front lines and, and uh, you know, for trying sure. to get through this. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, I would love to have you back um, on maybe, you know, in a week or two and uh, just sure. give an update on, you know, what, what's going on. You, you're getting the information like us and, and sifting through and trying to find the truth through all this. And we appreciate it as mu- I hope the community does as well. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, well, thank you. And I'm glad you joined and definitely I, I'll come back next week. If you, if you'd like to hear from me again, I'm happy to provide updates and any, any information you're looking for. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Sounds good. We'll, we'll talk all soon. Right. Thanks so much for your time. We all appreciate right. it. Thanks, thank you. Shannon. No problem. Okay. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Well, I think after that, let's go ahead and take a break. Yeah. Hey folks, this is Joshua Stecker. I am the publisher and editor of San Pedro Today Magazine, the voice that you're hearing talking to Amanda in this podcast. And I just want to give you an update on what we're working on for our May 2020 issue. Our cover story for May is going to be about you and hopefully by you, our readers. Um, We are looking to get your stories. I want to know what's going on in your lives. How are you living these days? How has this pandemic affected your way of life? If you're a parent, How are you doing homeschooling your children? If you worked in an office and you were forced to work at home, 
how is that uh, adapting? Um, if you are you're, you're social and you you work with a group of people and now you're working through Zoom and have to do um, screen meetings instead, I want to know what that's like. And also, I want to know how you're cooking. Are you cooking more at home? Are you ordering to go from our local restaurants? I want to know all of that. So we're opening up our pages to you, the readers, for the May 2020 issue of San Pedro Today. How do you do it? Well, um, you can send your story to us at contact at sanpedrotoday.com, or you can uh, look at our Facebook page for more info on it at San Pedro, excuse me, at facebook.com slash Today or on sanpedrotoday.com. That's enough shilling for the magazine. Um, but anyways, I want to hear your stories and I would love to have you guys submit them to us for possible printing in the next issue. So that's it. I hope you guys are staying safe and healthy and I hope to hear from all of you soon. All right, and we're back. Oh my gosh. Shannon was so informative. I'm so glad that we were able to get her on. Yeah, Shannon's amazing. I it's funny because I've personally I don't think I've ever met her in person, but I've we've communicated so much. <laughs> it's just it's funny, um, and she's wonderful. I just uh, she's a real benefit to this community. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to on. meeting you in person, Shannon. <laughs> um, so yeah, our next guest uh, is a wonderful human being. He's a friend of mine. Uh, a lot of you in town know him. Um, he's over at Big Nick's Pizza and is John Bagakis. I'm so hungry already. <laughs> All right, patched him in. Hi, Josh. Hey, John, how are you? <laughs> good, how are you? Good, man, good. Uh, we got you on. Uh, Amanda, say hi. Hi, John, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm good. So far, yeah, <laughs> we're okay. <laughs> we're good. We're, we're good. all surviving. <laughs> so yeah. So how are? Let's start that off. Let's start this off with that. How are you doing? I am doing okay. The restaurant is doing okay. We're surviving. Just one day at a time is uh, the focus we're taking right now. Right. Right. So tell me a little bit about. I mean, how was your? What was your initial reaction to when um, the order came down that restaurants were straight up going takeout delivery only? Um, a lot of mixed emotions, really, um, to walk into the restaurant the first day and not take the chairs down in the dining room just didn't seem right. Mm -hmm. And then to walk back and forth through the dining room all day with chairs <laughs> up just, just felt wrong. It, it was, it was bittersweet. It was emotional. It was, it, it was, it, it almost as if there was something missing. And I mean, clearly it was, um, so it, it hurt, um, you know, the, the nucleus of a restaurant is people coming in and enjoying themselves and us being able to serve them. Um, you know, we do the delivery service and we do the takeout service, but when they're in the restaurant is when you get to mingle with people and talk to people and, and you know, you kind of get to know them face to face and person to person. And uh, when you take that away, it changes a lot. It takes away like the identity of the restaurant a little bit. Yeah, it, it really does. And it, to me, like, obviously there were a lot of restaurants in town who, you know, specialized in to go and take out. They were prepared for something like this. But I, I see other restaurants in town, like someplace like the Bruco or like Pappy's, where their main form of their dining experience was dine in. 
and there's a huge social aspect to it. Like you go to the brew cup, you know, drinking at any bar is a social activity, right. you know, and you take that away and you straight up have to serve, you know, just serving food to go. I mean, it really creates a, the whole business model basically changed overnight for a lot right. of these restaurants. So places like the Bruco, um, which is one of my favorites, and Omelet and Waffle Shop. Right, right. These are places that you you never in your mind think about calling that place, maybe on the rarest occasion, and picking up food to take it home. I mean, those are places you go and you eat there. It's just a given. A brewery, a bar, you're going to eat there, hang out with friends, watch the game. Dom and Waffle Shop, you're going to go have breakfast, mm-hmm. you know, a breakfast meeting or, you know, on your way to work, have a quick bite. But you're not taking something to go. And I've picked up from both of those venues in the last couple of weeks, and it's just very, it's just the mood in there is so sad. And I love both of those owners and both of those restaurants. And to just see chairs up and just, it, I mean, it's got this darkness to the place. It just feels terrible. And I feel... For Mona, who owns the Amon Shop, and James, who owns the Bruco, they're wonderful business owners. They're great community activists. They give back. They do fundraisers. They donate. And there's nothing we can really do to make this better for them. I mean, we can try to eat there and pick up food to go. But, I mean, they're never going to be able to sustain the business in takeout that they could have if they had tables and chairs that they could see people at. But it's really sad. It is. It really does. It really is. And we're and San Pedro is a very is, is a foodie community. Like we like our restaurants. We like to eat out and we like to, um, you know, uh, have social gatherings and stuff at these places and to have that completely disappear all basically overnight uh, has been a real I don't even know. I don't want to say growing pain, but it's been a real uh, jar to the system. I would argue that the restaurants in San Pedro are the are what makes San Pedro are, are its identity. San Pedro gets its identity from its unique restaurants. We have great Mexican restaurants, Italian restaurants, pizza joints. We have breakfast shops. We have sandwich shops. We have a Moroccan place. We have so many. We have coffee shops. We have so much different things going on, and restaurants kind of bring an identity to a town. You get off the freeway and you see restaurants and the thing you're going to notice is restaurants. And when you, you know, when you're leaving the house, a big chunk of your day, you know, why are you leaving the house? It's to go eat or to go out to eat or to meet some people at an establishment to eat. I mean, restaurants do so much and it's kind of subliminal. You don't really think about it, but they're such a big part of any town, especially San Pedro. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the one thing about Pedro that, has always been really special is that we do not have a lot of chain restaurants, if it, if really any um, I, real chain restaurants in town. I feel like people would stomp their feet at them. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, lots I of mean, discussion for the other day, but yeah. John, if anything, we've actually lost some chains over the years. You know, we yeah, we used true. to have two Denny's. We used to have two Denny's, then we had none. Now we have one on Western. You know, we used to have, um, what is it, Burger King? I think they're gone now. Right. I mean... You know, the only one that really is the most exciting, in and out obviously, everybody loves. But it's weird. We've never really embraced those big chain dine-in spots. Like, we don't have, Correct. you know, the, you know, we have Coco's and Caro's, okay, but 
Does other that, than yeah. that, you know, you go in other towns and you see these other places. That's not San Pedro. Right, right. right. That's the beauty of it. All of um, the majority of our restaurants uh, are private, are independently owned and operated, which, which, and, and, uh, and they're big community supporters. Too, exactly. Which is a big, you know, you don't get that from your chain. Right. Right. What what do you see? I mean, I know it's really tough to even ask, like, what what do you foresee next week or the future or anything? But but um, given that a lot of the restaurants have adapted to this, like, do you think this is this type of business model is going to stick? Or are you hopeful that once this thing pans out, that people will begin to flock back to uh, dine in establishments? And, and do, do we need that? Is this something that's going to well, be wanted? I, I was on a. Um Zoom roundtable yesterday. Um, Council District 15 was on it. Some local chambers of commerce were on there. And some small business owners were on there. And most of us have the expectation of when this ends, we'll see some kind of normalcy return. But a concern was how long will it take to get to that? Because yes, there's going to be people aching to get out and go out and eat and spend money. But there's also going to be people who are really tight for money because maybe they haven't been working or they're conservative still about health and safety and they're not ready to step right into big, large group gatherings again. It's going to mess with people for a little bit and it's going to take time to actually fully get restaurants back to their, where they were. I would say a lot of restaurants were having great years so far, the mm-hmm. first quarter, and now that's all just been dead stuff. So I think a lot of us will have the, the concern of how long will it take to get ourselves back to that level that we consider normalcy. Right, right. Do you have anything you want to ask? Um, I wanted to ask if you had any maybe suggestions or tips that's been working for you for the other restaurant um, restauranteurs out there. Yeah, you know, here's I have a couple, and and this is really hard. Um, the first thing is about your staff. You know, obviously, if you're a dine-in restaurant, you you cannot support the staff right now. Uh, I have, you know, eighty chairs in my dining room, and I have a, a team of servers and a team of busboys that right now I have nothing for them to do. And I actually pulled them all into a meeting, and I said. You know, I, I want to do what's best for you guys and just be open with you guys. This is where we're at right now. This is how long this potentially could last. And here's what your best options are going forward. When this all blows over and we're back to normal, of course, we're bringing you back and giving you back your hours. No question. But, you know, they have options and they should really act on their options. And I, I know other businesses have given their staff options. James the Bruco has brought his staff in to actually pick up food to go so they can feed their families, which is a great gesture. That's amazing. Um, even the staff we've laid off, we've extended the employee discount that still applies to them, awesome. uh, even though they're not active employees. That's so great. they can come in anytime mm-hmm. and get food for their families. We had one pickup today. That's um, great. So, you know, we're just, the little things matter. And, you know, that's, restaurant staff are like families. They're your second family. And in some cases, when you work a lot, they're your first family almost. It's true. So you take care of your family. And, and that's why you have employees that work for you for a long time. We've had people here for 15 years, and we've only been open 17. But they've, you treat them good, and they, they take care of you back. So it, it's, it's a give and take kind of thing. 
Yeah, totally. You guys are doing an amazing job, by the way. I just want to compliment you, especially you've been out there putting yourself out there, getting the messaging out there for Big Nicks, and just and, and just really being a, a real community leader um, in communication and getting word out there. Yes. Um, I just want to compliment you on that. Thank you. And I, I mean, you guys at Stampages today have been great in pushing everyone's posts. And you guys have a big following and just keeping everyone informed. I mean, through your guys' social media platforms, I've learned things other restaurants are doing or that the PBIT's doing or that, you know, people are learning what, what the Chamber's doing because you're sharing that stuff and it's one unique source where all that stuff's available. So it's very informative to everybody to have that. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Is there anything you want to uh, mention as far as Big Nick's goes or anything or any anything you want to say before uh, we uh, we end this one? Sure, I just want to make sure that everyone understands that, you know, restaurants have always prided themselves on being safe and offering uh, a product that's safe, uh, whether it's temperatures and cleanliness. And, and, you know, something like this, I think people get concerned to eat out or to go out and eat. Um, but I just want to let people know that not only are we still practicing our regular practices of food safety, but it is like times 10 right now. Mm-hmm. You know, making sure everyone's gloved up, making sure if someone's handling cash, they're not pouring food and or soups or, you know, bagging stuff. And it's really something that's harder now because, you know, we're under a microscope. And I try to tell my staff this: you guys need to make sure if people have to wait a few minutes longer, that's fine. But we need to make sure people are safe and we need to make sure everyone's got their gloves on. Now we're talking with the county supervisor's office, Janet Khan's office. You know, the, the CDC has recommended masks if you're out of the house. We haven't fully implemented it yet, but we're talking about it. And it's something that most likely by the end of the week, we'll have our staff fully masked. I have drivers that have already asked if they can do it. And I said, as of right now, it is your option. Mm-hmm. It is not a mandatory thing, but it may become that as we hear more and more about this virus and how easily it can spread. And I think we've seen that over the last few weeks. So we just want to make sure we're taking all the precautions necessary so everyone is safe, staff and customers included. That's great, John. You're doing amazing work, and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about this. Uh, A lot of important info, and so thank you. Um, Yeah, thank you, too. I really wanted to say thank you because I don't think people understand the cross-contamination. You know, we went through um, uh, a place before, and we saw that there was, like, the same person was bagging food that was handling cash. And so thank you for taking those extra precautions. Um, You know, real quick while we're on the podcast, do you where can people order from you guys? So obviously we are still doing, you know, one of the things that we've been blessed with here is uh, we have an established delivery service. Um, So people can call us for delivery. Um, If they want to use third parties, they can hit us up on Grubhub. We're on Postmates. Uh, Our website, picnicspizza.com. You can order online. Um, You can still order at the front counter. Um, We're working. We've actually cleared our dining room out that's closest to our front counter. So we can help with social distancing. So while you order or are waiting for your food, you can step into a big open room and space out from others or step outside and we'll come out to you. Um, We are offering non-contact deliveries. Grubhub and other um, platforms have started this and now we're offering it. So people are saying to us, hey, I'd like 
you know, just leave the food at the door and call me. So that's what the drivers do. They leave the food at the door, they knock on the door, or they call them and say, hey, your order's here. They pay online, or they pay over the phone by card, and it's done. So we're trying to be as simple as possible to make people as comfortable as possible along with that ordering process. That's great, John. Thanks so much for your time, buddy. We'll talk soon, okay? Thanks, guys. Take care. Good right. to be with you, and I'm here anytime. All right. Sounds good, man. Bye. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm so hungry. I know, right? Well, that was John Bagakis at Big Nick's Pizza, who is an amazing individual. They've done such an amazing job in um, just rallying to the cause. And I've been I've been at Big Nick's. I, I dropped off some magazines over there when the magazine came out. And they, um, he's right. They have uh, spaces on the floor that mark social distancing um, space, like you'd see in the like you see in the grocery stores now and whatnot. Little X's on the floor. It's great. They've they've gone above and beyond um, in taking care of this, and a lot of the restaurants have, by the way, not just Big Nick's, but a lot of them have. But I've just seen Big Nick's do. Yeah, hopefully we can so. um, shout some of them out in the in the future episodes. Yeah, that's what we're hopefully gonna do with. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, so um, uh, you haven't. Go for I, it. Yeah, so yeah, so um, in the. Uh, the May issue of San Pedro today we're working on right now. I'm hoping to devote a good chunk of it and turn it into the ultimate San Pedro takeout and delivery guide where we're hoping to get as many restaurants as possible, participate and basically create a full on takeout and to go menu for all of San Pedro. That'll be delivered to their doorstep on uh, at the end of the last Thursday of April when the May issue comes out. So if you're a restaurant tour and you're hearing this, um, please contact us at contact at sampedrotoday.com uh, via email, and we'll get you the info on that. So that's the hope. I hope we could pull it off. Um, yeah. You will. It'll be great. I'm looking forward yeah. to it because even I don't know who's open and who's not. Like, it's just been kind of confusing. When I go online, I'm like, are these hours now hours? Yeah. Or, like, are the coronavirus-adjusted hours? Or yeah. are they, like, the old hours and haven't been adjusted, you know? Yeah, one of the things I'm going to – I'm hopefully – this is all hopefully. You know, we're going to need the participation of the restaurants to do it. But my, my hope is that I can also include a, a quick delivery guide that could be cut out of the magazine and can – just a page that can be cut out of the magazine and, and put on – your uh, refrigerator as a quick reference yep. for all the restaurants who participate in town. They'll have their phone, the name, phone number, website, and the delivery services that they uh, use. So it'll be quick and easy and you can do it. So that's what we're working on for the May issue. And uh, knock on wood, we can pull it off. So you will. It'll be great. I'm ready. I'm ready. to deliver. <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, I, I think that brings us to a, an end. Yeah, I think we're done for this one. We'll be back next week, though, for sure. Right. Yeah. All of the um, so for our guests, Shannon Ross and John Bagakis, um, everything that they touched on, their information that they gave, I'll go ahead and link it in the show notes. So um, wherever you're listening, whether it's Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify or um, Anchor, wherever you're listening, you can scroll to the bottom and see everything that we talked about and get the links that you need. Um, also, don't forget, I, I'm going to post a picture of myself, a selfie, and my homemade mask. Um, it's just <laughs> yellow, nothing big. Um, and if you want to share your homemade mask, feel free to take a selfie and tag me in it, at Podcast on Instagram. So, yeah, I look forward to seeing you guys. All right. Well, we'll get together next week, and hopefully we'll have some, you know. Great news. Great news. We'll update you on what's going on with the, with the, how the pandemic is affecting us here in San Pedro. And hopefully we'll have some new guests and, and good news and all that good stuff. Awesome. So thanks Go for listening, it. everybody. All right. Talk to you guys next week.